everyone and welcome to your weekly podcast Get Plugged In from Enzo Park Presbyterian Church located in Huntington, West Virginia. Get Plugged In is broadcasted every Friday at noon and you can listen to it at any podcast platform as well as in our Facebook page, Instagram and YouTube channel. Our mission is to send a message of encouragement, motivation, comfort, and joy to our listeners. My name is Rodrigo Almeida, and I'm here today with a great friend, Rebecca Bryce, um, which I met her during our VBS in 2017. Mm -hmm, yes. Um, and it was a great pleasure to have her and talk with her about um, Jesus and everything you know surround uh, by the Bible. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. Um, yes, you're welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. I uh, the sun is shining. Oh, and yes. even though it's sometimes I call it deceitfully sunny where you think it's going to be warm and you walk outside and it's not, so that's okay. <laughs> it's still sunshine. I'll take it. Oh man, it's beautiful. It and is. Uh, today it's September 22nd. Yeah. So it's a beautiful fall. Well, actually we just entered into the fall yes, in today's, autumn. Today's the first day of autumn. Uh, yes. Yes. So it's, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's beautiful. It's, you know, um, the, the, the colors are not changing yet, but it will soon. Um, so today here, uh, I'd like to talk, you know, ask you a question about yourself, about your life. Okay. How and when did you receive the call to follow Jesus? Um, well, it goes back to, I think my earliest memories were um, as a child being brought up I guess, well, let me, let me sit, let me back up a little bit. There was a lot of grief and heartache and tragedy in my life mm -hmm. from a very young age, but there was also a peace at times, like a covering because incidences would end and I would be able to go on to the next thing. Okay. And when I was very young, um, I remember going to church. Uh, my grandmother would send us to church very often. And, and um, one time someone said the Lord's Prayer and we all had to recite it. And I remember hearing the line, our father who art in heaven. And it was as if that presence, that peace introduced itself to me really the first sentence of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven. I, I hadn't really known him as any person or personified thing, you know, God, 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 or, you know, like our creator or, but it was our Father. And I remember thinking, okay, I have a Father in heaven. Because see, I had been, I had been separated from my father. There was a lot of tragedy in my life at a young age. And part of that was, um, just feeling abandoned, um, feeling scared, not really understanding what my earthly father, uh, like who he was or what he thought about me. And, you know, as a young child, you want their approval, you want their appreciation. And I could never get it. And I could never, you know, in my mind, sort of be good enough for him. When I heard our father in heaven, 
it was as if he said, that's my name, by the way, it's father. And I just remember being so gleeful about it as a child, like father. And that, you know, that carried with me for a while. Um, until I found out about sin and separation and his holiness and that we could be separated from him forever. And at that point, the stress sets in where you're like, Oh wait, (laughs) hold on. (laughs) Cause then again, you're talking about separation again. And I was thought, no, 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 hold on. And I kept hearing about Jesus and I kept thinking, well, like, do I accept him a certain way? Like, is there enough Jesus to get me into God, you know, the father? And, and so for years, there was just this curiosity about Jesus. And I remember loving the Bible. I remember going to, um, church and we had, this was a different church, you know, years later. Um, I had been separated even again from my father, uh, my earthly father and had been placed in foster care. And I was 10 and a half when that happened. And I would attend a church for that. Our, um, children's home would take us to. And I remember going into the old library there and seeing like Bibles that I swear to you now were like 12 inches thick. They were huge, but I loved the smell of them. I loved being in that room. I loved all things learning about God, but I was like a little overwhelmed with like how much you had to learn. Oh yeah to keep that relationship going, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm always trying to keep that relationship with Father in Heaven, our Father who art in Heaven. And what does it mean, you know, hallowed be the name? Like, what does that even mean? So, but knowing, okay, he's holy, he's holy. And then as I got older, I realized how unholy I was. And I went to a revival and there was um, a sermon and it was about very similar. Actually, it was a a man that had been abused as a child and his relationship with God and his relationship with Christ and how he just finally was convicted of his own sin, no matter how much sin had been done towards him. Mm -hmm. There becomes a point where you have to look at yourself and say, but I'm a sinner too. You know, I hurt people too. And you know, I'm, I hurt God's heart too. Yeah. And so that when the gospel was presented in that way and it was that Jesus is the key to the father for eternity. That's when I knew that I wanted to know more about Jesus. And that's when I went forward and became a Christian and would say, you know, and I was from a denominational tradition. Like you had to have an altar call moment where you go down and accept Jesus. So like, I I know, okay, I did that then, but I also went through the beautiful tradition of being baptized um, in front of the church then. And I was about 11 years old when that happened. Um, And I moved around after that to different group homes and foster homes and just moving around to different families, some Christians, some not, um, different traditions. It was difficult to hold on and to try to figure out what are my beliefs? Hmm. What is it that I truly believe and want to hold on and keep with me? And so in um, high school, and by the way, I had some great foster parents that sort of raised me right, we would say. Um, And they wanted me to know about Jesus more. And they wanted to make sure that I was being disciplined and walking in holiness. There were some that maybe as were a little more pharisaical than, um, than I probably needed at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I could have used more grace. Um, but 
I made it through. And when I was in high school, um, I made, I recommitted my life. There were some different events happen. I recommitted my life that I would follow Christ and that I would serve him at my school. And I became a school missionary. Like while I was a student, it, it became very important to me to minister to my peers at school. And we started an, an evangelical outreach club at school. And we began doing Bible study every morning in the counselor's office. Really? Yes, we did um, fellowship of Christian, Christian athletes. We were a part of that. And so we just, I, I mean, there was just this fire that was lit under us as students um, mm-hmm. to follow the Lord. And and what, what grade was that? This would have been my junior and senior year of high school. Okay. And so when I... As a senior, I wanted to um, really make plans for that next step. Mm -hmm. And I felt the call to do missions. And I think the call would have actually been a heartbreak. I remember seeing videos of people in countries where the Lord was not you could tell that there was no like religious, uh, some Christian influence at all. Jesus was not there. Okay. And I remember just grieving, like feeling sad and thinking, why aren't we going and telling them? Mm-hmm. And the good news, yeah, tell the good news, tell the good news, yes. right? Like, why are we stopping? Like, why aren't we telling them this? Mm-hmm. And knowing that there were so many places in my life where I was taken out of the situation mm-hmm. of my birth family. I was taken out instead of someone coming in. I see. And I guess I saw that as a, let's go in and help people where they are. And so I, I had that desire and I, I was, um, taken to my pastors. I, there was a, an assistant pastor at the time and I was taken to him for some advice about, well, what, what do I do for university? Like what, what should I do mm-hmm. for this this calling and rightly or wrongly what he said to me was uh as a woman your best chances of getting into anywhere to do missions is to marry a man that is going into missions Hmm. so if you could go to university for something like teaching then you would have a skill to use while your husband was the minister so I absorbed that and it was like I thought okay God that's a little different than what I thought you were calling me for um but okay <laughs> like if that's you know and so I actually went to school to do art education um went to college and just did not at this the, the and it was a Christian school but I just I did not have any joy there I did not want to be doing art education. I loved art and I loved to make and create, but that does not, there, there was no pleasure there. And so I ended up leaving, um, having a couple years where I just waffled and, um, and just fell away from the Lord really in bitterness. Oh my. Like I, like really honestly, I remember like smoking my cigarette and reading my Christian novels at the same time. Like I'm going to say, I love Jesus, but I'm really angry at the same time. So this is what I'm going to do. Um, and praise the Lord. I made it through that season. I ended up, you know, meeting my husband and, um, we went 
together through a lot of theological questions and we talked a lot about scripture and we fought a lot about it. Actually, our first argument was a theology question that we didn't agree on. Normally, yeah, that's yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, but we grew together and we were just like, okay, like, you know, we knew we were young, very young, but we wanted to be, we wanted to be together forever. And so 17 years ago, Yay. yeah, uh, this month, awesome. thank you. We, um, we got married and so, um, and really struck out on our own with it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we both had families that, uh, you know, that they were willing to give us whatever they could give us. They just couldn't give us everything that, you know, universities would ask for. Cause mm-hmm. we had thought about going back to school and what just living on your own takes. It was really like, you know, us striking out and we wanted to do that. Like mm-hmm. we wanted to be very independent. So, um, we did it and we both went back to, um, to community college level. Okay. And then we went on to university later. My husband ended up getting his, um, PhD, but in the process of him doing that, I knew that, and he knew he was very interested in math and in engineering, but the question is, what would I do? You know? And so the, that, that question came up again, Mm. like, what are you going to do? Are you going to be a missionary? Mm-hmm. Like in a what way? And missionary is always there. Always, always there. Mm-hmm. Always there. And I had a friend who was a social worker and that was her master's or her major was social work. Okay. And so she knew a lot about what you could do with that degree. And she talked to me and said, you know, it's really called the helping profession. You can do almost anything with it. Mm-hmm. And since I knew that I would be following my husband to a secular university. I needed to look for a degree that would be applicable anywhere. Yes. Yeah. And so I, you know, social worker was it. And so then, um, so I got my degree in those things, but later really wanted to, okay, I feel like I want to know more about theology. I want to know more about the way people think. I want to know more about scripture. I want to know more about God. Like really, I just, I had been so entrenched in secular social work Mm -hmm. and in taking care of people, their mental health and doing so much, but their spiritual health. I never was able to really get to that point. And so, um, you know, I ended up we decided to have a child eight years after we got married. Um, and little did I know that that would be the biggest mission field ever would be my children. It would be discipling my own children. Mm. And so, and while I do that, because I decided to leave my work, Mm. it was fulfilling, but it was not, it, it was not where I knew my focus needed to be. So I decided to stay home. And when I did that, I realized I live and breathe around so many people day in and day out that this is living among people. This is my mission field. And so that's what it became. It became, I want to know my neighbors. I want to love on my neighbors. I want them to feel like if they ever needed anything, they could come knock on my door. And, and that became my mission field, Mm. you know, bloom where you're planted is what they say. And so I did that in high school. I guess I did that some in college in my courses. And I know I tried that and to do my best in that when I worked in the secular world, but with that barrier of not able to really share the good news as much as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that be, then became the, the goal was to share the Lord as much as I could where I lived. And, 
um, you know, leave, leave a mark, I guess, so to speak mm-hmm. when I, when I, if I have to move, I hope that people won't remember me, but that they'll say like, you know, she, something about her, you know, yeah. and I hope that I spoke enough that they know that something was Jesus, but sometimes At you can't and sometimes you can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so we ended up uh, moving here mm-hmm. to West Virginia a couple years ago. And it was actually the first year that we were here that I sent my son to the VBS here yeah. uh, within months of moving here. Like, I think we were still unpacking. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you know, my son made his commitment to Jesus at that VBS. I remember you telling us. This. And this Sunday, last Sunday, he can, he showed everyone in baptism. <gasps> really? Yes. So we waited two years just because he was very young when he made the commitment okay. to follow Jesus. And we wanted to make sure that if he was announcing that publicly that he was announcing it was making a statement that he could live out so to speak like he loved jesus the next step is just is the symbol of baptism and so um just to make sure that he had all of his questions answered and i think there was you know almost in the tradition of confirmation we just wanted to make sure that we had discipled him well and that he had um his answer you know answers and that he was comfortable with it and that he wasn't doing it for a show we also wanted to make sure that when he said oh i i choose jesus Mm -hmm. that he knew who you're who you're who you're You're choosing choosing. and part of that is being a christian is not pie in the sky easy no, you know, scripture says that you will experience turmoil and trial and, you know, because of Jesus, and Jesus because of Jesus. Yeah. Yep. And so I'm like, are you sure, you know, six year old Caleb, that you choose Jesus? It took a couple years. And I tell you, he chooses Jesus now. Like It's just and we knew it. I think we knew it, but we just wanted to know how solid he was. And to be honest, he was supposed to get baptized back in Easter, but then the coronavirus hit. And so it's just oh. been twice now we've tried, but the Lord knew when he wanted him to do it. And then the timing was perfect. And you know what I, I, I like about the baptism in like an old age? Yes. Um, is because I think, uh, you know, I think that's perfect because you present, you start talking to your kids about, you know, Jesus, who was Jesus, you know, um, what what he 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 does you know yes not he did but what he does in our lives and uh you make the kids like you build up this image of jesus and so mm. i like this guy right. I, like, i like to be with him mm. and then you are baptized and uh you like you represent to our father when yes. you are baptized and that's something that i would like to do with, with my, my kid, kid. But yes. I mean, I mean he, he, he's, he's baptized, baptized already. already. But, But when, when he, he was six, six months, months old, okay. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, see what I mean? I, I, okay, so you're presenting the Lord. Okay, so here's some. But you know, uh, we have to. You know, I've, I know a lot of people that have been baptized, but they don't, you know, go uh, or mm-hmm. be Christians. You know. Yes. So I think the way that you did, it's. I mean, it's great. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you introduce, you tell your kids. Uh, you know, are you sure you want to do this? So let's get baptized. Yes. So yeah. that's perfect. Yes, there are traditions where um, the child would be baptized at a very young age. And I've met adults who said, look, I love that my parents did that, mm-hmm. but I chose to be baptized again later as an adult. Mm-hmm. And there's something about, and some churches would call that, you know, that 
infant confirmation or an infant, um, you know, presented to the church or you become part of the session or whatever tradition you're in. Mm -hmm. Um, but then often, very often I've heard of adults say like, I chose to be baptized again as an adult when I could remember it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) When I knew it and I could remember it and I choose it. So I think it's both very beautiful. I've seen infant baptisms and I think they're beautiful as well. Oh yes. Yeah. But as long as they remember and say, Oh, that was great time. I know what happened. I know what happened. I made a choice. Yes. Yes. And it may, and it may be that, they are baptized as infants and walk away for a long time, exactly. you know, and we can't mm-hmm. say that in, you know, that that is choosing Jesus. It's not, it's yeah. a symbol, but we know that it takes believing in your heart, confessing yes. with your mouth, your own mouth, not your parents. Mouth. <laughs> I agree. I so, agree with you. Absolutely. But well, thank you so much uh-huh. for sharing your, your testimony and your, your life experience. Right. With us. I mean, that's really nice. Uh, for our some listeners, they need to listen to that and uh, maybe in the same position that you were when you were a kid and they they, they think they are, you know, um, there is no way out. Right. But you brought a solution. Your solution may help them to yes. find their own solution. That's great. Thank you so much. You're Appreciate welcome. That. Yes. Okay. I think that's time to get plugged in. Uh, it's a time when we pray and we're going to uh, read the scripture that Rebecca um, uh, chose. All right. So let us pray, God. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity and to have Rebecca here with us sharing her past and the joy to follow Jesus Christ. As she told us, and is really well remembered, if you trust somebody, you should go, especially when we talk about Jesus. Make us the branches that will bear fruits forever. And God is our mentor. Is He will trust on us because He loves us, just like Jesus does love us. Thank you, Lord, for this moment. And open our minds to receive your message. In Jesus, we ask you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay, great. So, um, so what's the, the scripture that you picked? I chose John, uh, the book of John, chapter 15, uh, verses 1 to 17. So it's a little bit of a chunk that I chose to read and to just kind of think and talk about today. Oh, that's beautiful. Let's go. All right. So it's Jesus, the true vine. He said, these are the words of Jesus. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener or vine dresser, as some say. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned for greater fruitfulness by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful apart from me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who parts from me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, you will ask any request you like and it will be granted. My true disciples produce much fruit. 
This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey me, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father and I remain in his love. I have told you this so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I command you to love each other in the same way that I love you. And here is how to measure it. The greatest love is the sh that is shown when a man would lay down their lives for a friend. You are my friend if you obey me. I no longer call you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. Now you're my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. I command you to love each other. This is the living word of the Lord. Amen. And uh, what what uh, version is that? This is the New Living Translation. Oh, okay, gotcha. It's, it's beautiful. Thank you. And um, yeah, it's so many details, you know, it's a, um, the beautiful vine mm. again, you know, yeah. uh, and you and Jesus is using the vine as an example of his love to uh, the people. Right. So um, one thing that um, I have so much to talk to ask you, yeah. um, but I like to get like a few points in here. For example, um, if you, you, you in the beginning, you know, he says that the Lord, the God, is um, is the gardener, right? Right, and Jesus is the vine. Yes. And as a good gardener, he prunes and takes care of the vine. Right. Um, and then we are the branches. That's right. Right. So, you know, for kids like a like. Teenagers, you know, they they might have seen this in you know uh, science. Uh -huh, if they, right. they 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 study the tree, you mm -hmm. know, you see all oh, those oak trees, beautiful, strong, you know, and they are you know healthy, and they but they don't know until they learn how it works inside. That's right. Like getting the 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 water and mm -hmm. all the substances and you yes. know going all the way to the last branch, you know, and keep. Uh, green, you know, yes. stay alive, you know, and strong, and that's, that's right. what happens with us. That's right, and you know, the Father is the vine dresser, and Jesus is the branch. Some would say the Holy Spirit is the sun, the water, the nutrition coming in. You know, you're you're in Christ. Mm -hmm. You are you are in Christ, rooted in Him. Yeah, and you are coming out of Him. But that that which that is also in you is the pneuma. It's the the breath of God. Is is that wind? Is that sun? Is that is that water? You know, the living water. It's the Holy Spirit that then produces that fruit. So when you think of the fruits of the Spirit, it's the fruit that's produced in you in this process of being attached to the branch. Mm -hmm. You are the vine. And he's the, and he's the, he's the vine, you're the he's, branch. Yes. So you are, you are attached to him or in a tree situation, he's the trunk and you're the, you're the branch and the, the leaves in that yeah. one. Yeah. And, uh, and the whole passage here, uh, we can, uh, sum up in or resume in one word, love each other. 
right? Right. Um, and right. through love, you're gonna you know bear good fruits, just like you mentioned when you uh, you you realize that your mission, you know, you want to be you want to become a missionary, and your mission you you. You click, we had a click when you have your kids. Yes. So that's my mission. That's my mission. And, and, and that's the cool thing about here. For example, you are nurturing your kids with the, you know, the, the word of the Lord. Yes. Saying, hey, you know, you want to be happy. You want to fulfill the joy, like your life. Right. Be awesome. Just let's learn about Jesus and let's, you know, try to follow what he taught us. Right. Now I'm asking you. Those people that are away from, you know, church, away from uh, the world, the, you know, away from Jesus, they going to, just like here in the passage said, uh, the, uh, God will pick up mm. branches yes. away and they, they will uh, wither yes. and throw into the fire and burn. Mm. I mean, they, they will not exist. They will not succeed in life. Right. So when you mentioned that you had some foster parents, they were not in church. Right. So how was your experience in that? Well, I would think dry, you know, like the, the vine dries or the branch dries up. That's a, not attached to the vine. It's mm -hmm. dry and it's dead. And it, apart from Christ, as he says, we can do nothing. You become dry and brittle and angry And it's because there's death there, there's decay. Mm. And, you know, I thought a little bit, a lot of it maybe about these verses this summer because I garden. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> when I'm, you know, my tomato plants, when I go out and sometimes there's a little bit of a dying branch, I, I pull it off mm -hmm. because my, that branch doesn't need to keep trying to give energy there. Yes. It needs to go elsewhere. And I just throw it in the burn pile. And that's what Christ is saying here. You're just going to throw it out. You're, you're, if you're not producing, if you're not attached for whatever reason, you're dying. And that's the cool thing. And we can relate that to uh, this part, you know, when you are gardening and you see branches that, you know, it, it not succeed and you pull that, you yes. trim that. Uh, but also to keep going the nutrients to the good ones. Yes. So you kind of, you know, uh, Remove that yes. for the benefits, the whole thing. Yes, absolutely. What's Just that? like when we say here, when we say, when Jesus says, um, when a friend, a real friend would lay down their own life to you. Right. That's right. And in this passage here, God is kind of, uh, Jesus is kind of um, bring his future. Yes. He's not declared until now that he, you know, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm leaving this earth. Yes. He didn't, he hasn't, he hasn't said that so far, mm. but he's saying the true friend will give his own life to you. Right. And that's what Jesus did for us. Would willingly be taken off so that you can become fruitful. Mm -hmm. You know, there is, um, in our, in I don't know the technical term for it, but then the study of trees, which I know would be like an arborist. Uh -huh. um, I don't know if you have ever pulled up dirt and the root system and you've ever seen those little tiny white fibers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So those are actually roots of some of the biggest trees. What they've found out is there's a network of little tiny fibers mm. all over the world anywhere that there's land and there's growing trees mm -hmm. and they communicate and share nutrients 
with each other. And when a tree is dying, what's amazing is when a tree is dying, it sends its nutrients out of those little fibers to the other trees so that it can die quicker and other trees can live. They've seen where if a tree is sick, there's a signal that's sent through these little fibers. Uh -huh. Other trees will send their nutrients to the sick tree to heal it. Oh my. So there, it's a constant uh, communication. communication among these fibers of needs, of wants, and then finally of death and being able to pass part of itself back into the system and growth. And what, I mean, is that not just a beautiful visual of us? You know, we yes. are to be communicating as the church. You know, the body is everywhere all over the world. And we should be communicating our wants, our needs, and our growth together. And if someone's sick, we should be, you know, the stretcher bearers. We should be the one taking them to the Lord for the nutrients that they need and should be praying the spirit so that they can be healed. And, and that is what I think of when I see, think of these fibers now, when I'm digging, I see this little fiber and I think, oh my goodness, oh no. that's, the, that's the system of all the roots. <laughs> you know, these trees are all growing, but they're communicating. I just love it. And, you know, um, you were talking about the vine and, and he is the, the master gardener is the father mm -hmm. and he is training us up and you know when i started gardening i just sort of planted seeds and let it go okay mm -hmm. and they would go everywhere yeah. and my neighbor has this beautiful garden mm -hmm. and she keeps it in a it's like managed very well mm -hmm. like her plants don't overgrow and i just asked her like how do you do that and she said well you train them where they need to go does that not sound familiar like a child mm -hmm. she said you train them where they're supposed to go like if i want that to 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 grow up that wall i have to train it that way and what she means is she will tie it up Oh, okay. And she's moving it closer to where it needs to go. And so if it's growing in the wrong direction, mm -hmm. she's training it. But then she also prunes it because if a branch that won't hold a piece of fruit very well okay. starts to grow, but she has another piece of fruit on the same plant that is, is is like starting like let's say a tomato she's got a tomato and it's starting to turn red it's a beautiful big tomato but up on the branch is another piece of fruit and it's not going to grow well and what's happening is it's taking all the nutrients uh -huh. she'll take that off because she wants to make sure that something produces well mm -hmm. so she's taking off fruit that doesn't produce well so that something can produce well and I believe that's what it means when it says he cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more because that's what no. happens is when that little twinly little branch at the top was trying to grow a piece of fruit and, and she knew it couldn't and she took it off she took the weight off of it mm -hmm. so the other piece of fruit grows once it's bigger now it can grow twice as much it's not trying to grow fruit out of season or out of due time on itself. Mm -hmm. and the other thing she taught me, which I was just floored, is she would just go by and like pinch these little tiny buds off of the, the plant. Yeah, and I said, why are you? would be harmless, right? I said, why are you doing that? And she said, because if I don't, it's just going to grow everywhere. It's not going to be manageable. And the other fruit that's on here 
it just it loses they lose some of the nutrients so she says to keep it managed i have to prune it Mm -hmm. and you know i was just floored thinking you pinch your plants does it not hurt them to (laughs) you take things off of it you know i just thought let it go let it go and it'll be fine and that is not the discipline of gardening so (laughs) just just so you know um yeah well well sometimes you know uh, and then that's why you know you 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 see now you know her secret yes and the thing is before that you you would come with that question say how the her guard is so beautiful and then she showed you all that she doesn't say why don't you let it go i mean yeah. see, it's uh, and it's working for her oh yes Maybe she was taught by that know that that's the right way so she was mentored somebody taught her and she exactly. taught me but i'll tell you what i'm a little lazy like i know <laughs> what it takes i know what it takes to make it grow right oh, and, I, and to train it up and to prune it and to water it and to make sure it has sun but I just let them go because I'm not disciplined. Just like in scripture says, like we are to be disciplined. Yes. And I am not when it comes to gardening most of the time. However, I do have a little gardening example when you're done speaking that I want to share too. Well, that, but that, that's one thing, you know, uh, the gardening, we can relate to our kids. Yes. It takes time oh, that's and right. patient, you know, so patience. We, we, we plant and then it's, you know, we hope eventually this will grow up and grow up help. That's right. That's right. So, and of course, it depends on us, on our Mm. our attitude and our, um, you know, beliefs. Okay, let's do it right. So I totally compare this to my kid. I have a three years old boy and the same thing. Every day we try to prune him. Oh. Say, oh, that's not good, you know. Yes, let's you know, pinch that pinch off. Him. Yes. Oh, oh, that's a great job. It's like keep doing. Yes, let's yes, go that yes, way. Let's go that, go that way. way. Yeah. Yes. So yes, garden is pretty much about you know raising a kid. Yes, it's kids. a ra- yes. You are producing Children. fruit there. That's exactly. absolutely right. Yes, patience is the key. You know, I had the most beautiful plant, mm. and it was growing, and it was green. It was lush no fruit Hmm. it was supposed to be a pepper plant and there were actually two of them and i just thought okay it's growing some something it's getting something it needs or it wouldn't be growing but it's not getting everything it needs and i decided I, i was checking out the soil and decided it's too wet this plant never gets enough sun and I wasn't even watering that plant very often. It's oh, just really? that the soil was saying that saturated. Okay. So I thought, if I'm going to get fruit on this plant, I'm going to have to take the risk of transplanting it. Mm-hmm. And I had to take my shovel and get, I mean, and these were very large plants by then. They were at least up to my knee. Mm-hmm. And I had to dig them up and replant them in the sunshine and hope that they took. And that was a big risk because my gardening mentor friend has told me, you don't just take any plant up out of the ground because it, it'll just die. It won't receive the nutrients well when you move it. Exactly. And so, but I had to make this sort of gardener, you know, as you would say, parenting choice. Uh-huh. I had to move this thing. It's not growing well here. It's not producing fruit. And I moved it and it, it's like f- the fruit's falling off the vine now. Mm-hmm. It took. And, and I thought of the times where the Lord has moved me from one situation to another and how painful it was, but eventually the fruit took. 
eventually the nutrients soaked in and there was enough exposure in the right way that uh-huh. I could produce fruit. How long did it take? Oh, for the plant or yeah. for me? Or the f- <laughs> <laughs> well, for the plant, um, you know, it didn't take, but well, you said two actually, years. No, for the plant, it took uh, two weeks. Oh, weeks. Two okay. weeks. So it was this summer that this happened uh-huh. and I replanted it. And then it, in two weeks, it started showing these tiny little itty bitty peppers. And we were like, are they going to grow? Like, we're just like on pins and needles waiting, watching this plant. Okay. Cause my husband loves hot things and they were hot peppers. And so oh, it was, it was, yeah. they were his treats. And I was like, I don't know. Is it going to grow? We just kept watching and making sure it had the elements and really the elements are the Holy Spirit. They are sun, the Holy Spirit, the yeah, sun, the, the rain, the water. And that is what it is in our lives. The elements are being grounded in Christ. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Holy Spirit constantly points you to Christ and yes. Christ constantly points you to the father. There's just this, someone I heard once said it's a spiritual conga line. They're kind of connected and they just keep going in the same direction, but you know, it, it, they all point to the father. And it's, it's, uh, when you say when point to the father, for example, yes. um, when you mention about the, the, the tree roots, which mm-hmm. are connection to yes, each other, to each other, even though they are not in the same family of tree, you know, you see yes. like a, you, you may have like, I don't know, a species here and a different species, but they are, they all are. They are helping each other regardless of species. species. I mean, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I mean, you are here beside me. We're, we're you know, thriving, we're striving. You know, we're here together. Yes. So and I'm if here to help hits you. you, and we need to heal that spot on you. Yeah. I don't care if you're an oak tree and I'm a sycamore. I'm sending nutrients to you. I'm helping you. I'm helping you, and that's kind of the Christian, the Christian brothers and sisters. Oh, absolutely. We can have different beliefs. No. Um, and 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 when there's something that hits, we're helping you. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be there, ready to. And not only uh, the 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 trees and uh, the vegetation, but also animals. You see. Yes. animals helping each other or um, I mean there are so many ways that we can see that and and the cool thing is um, th- all of these points to to one thing that uh-huh. you were mentioning you know the whole spirit point to one thing we're talking here about God's creation God's creation for us we had all these forms yes. we have all the the seas everything God created that's paradise that's, that's heaven work yeah here's heaven yes that's right and uh, he chose us to take care of his place that's right his heaven and uh and as you said everything's connected and leads to us so one thing that i, I may tell you listeners you know uh, if you have a child everything if you are on a you know road mm. trip you know Take your kids to parks, take, take your kids to places that you they can feel the nature. That's right. And say nature is the is the pure love of God. That's right. Everything here is surrounded, it's God. Well, he's God he creation. Is, he is everywhere. He is not that tree, mm-hmm. but he he is in that tree as much as he's anywhere else. Yeah. You know, the tree is not God, bug. but he is everywhere. Yeah. And you can see his handiwork everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that we are his handiwork. We are, you know, we're that showpiece that he, for eternity because yeah. we're the showpiece of his grace and his ultimate love. I mean, talk about like the example of laying down your life for a friend. Well, God can point to us for eternity and say, yeah, I laid down for that sinner. When they were dead in sin, I died for them. 
I chose to be that. And, and the fact that Christ calls us friends, I mean, I know we're, we're talking a little bit about the gardening, but Christ, there's so much, it's rich so much in this, these verses, but when he goes on to talk about being a friend and not a, you know, you're not my servant anymore. (laughs) I was talking to a friend of mine and I was saying, you know, as women, we can decide, are we a border or a daughter, Mm -hmm. you know, of the, of the King? Like, are we demanding? Mm -hmm because we pay rent we do for the Lord and he owes us or are we more like a child that's living in the house and says, I know I get this because you're my parent. Mm. Well, in Jesus also, not only are we like the child, but we're the friend. So closer than a brother, he's going to tell us his secrets and he's going to share the, his heart with us. And that's the point that I would like to come in. Yes. You just okay. Came here. That's perfect. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. On, on verse 15, yes. uh, I'm reading from New International Version and uh, he says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. That's right. um, at that time, at Jesus' time, the only scripture, the only Bible, as we can say that, they had, it was the Old Testament. That's right. And uh, the Old Testament at that time, because Jesus was Jew, and so he had only the five first books of the Bible, and God had, um, for most of all, Moses. Moses, you know, was his friend because Moses knew God's plan right but God's always calling the people as a servant serve Mm. God Mm -hmm. you know and here that's the great I think Jesus will say hey dad you did a great job but I take over here you know he he comes and says instead I have called you friends right for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you Mm -hmm. so it's interesting this relationship okay so we know Jesus was God on earth right and and uh, he said okay so from this point now you're all my friend you're my friend because there is no secret between my father and you anymore right through me through him if you're abiding in him who is that that vine Mm -hmm. if you're in him then the father is taking you're knowing the father's business yes and that's the cool thing because for example if you know that you're i mean regardless if your dad is a successful man but i I mean a lot of people pick things in success in material but no a lot of people are poor but they are reaching you know rich rich they're happy uh and they can they they will do anything for their children anything that's right and um so and and here's the deal um, on later on this uh, verse 16 uh, he says then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name that's right so if you abide in Jesus Christ and then normally in, at the end of our prayers what we say in Jesus name we ask mm-hmm. so God will grant you that's right so every time so the prayer is a really good thing it's not uh you know uh, asking things to god but no to be thankful be grateful for your life or you know the opportunity to be here and you have friends or relatives whatever um and and ask you know to give more of Mm. what gives you joy and god will grant you that's right and you know the joy is the fruit of the spirit it's verse eight my true disciples produce much fruit this brings glory to the Father. This is a verse that's often quoted when people say, well, I don't really know if they're a Christian. You know, they'll talk about somebody. I don't know if they're a Christian. I haven't asked. And you'll hear someone say, well, do they produce fruit? 
are you producing fruit? Because verse eight says, my true disciples produce much fruit. Mm -hmm. And then going back to where we were just speaking, where it's saying that um, you didn't choose me, verse 16, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit that will last. Mm -hmm. You're gonna produce fruit that produces fruit. And going on. And that and produces on, fruit and, and that produces fruit. That's right. Return. Yeah. So my so when you are fruitful, that's when my father will give you what you want when you ask in my name. It's not that you're just saying, Oh, I'm a Christian, and in Jesus' name I say this. It's I'm a Christian. I'm connected to Christ. I'm united. I abide in him. The Holy Spirit is living and working in me. And I'm growing through the real, the, the nutrients that we get as a Christian is his word, mm -hmm. prayer and community and the sacraments. So when we're growing in those nutrients, we're producing fruit. And that's when people will know, though that's when the father knows, but how other people know is that big, fat, juicy fruit yeah. called love. You know, it's one of the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But it's the big one that he says, they will know that you are my follower because of the love that you have. And you will be filled with joy. It'll overflow. Mm -hmm. And that is um, an analogy that I saw was imagine that the fruit became something that could flow, maybe wine or a drink, a juice. Mm -hmm. It's flowing to the world. We are God's source of refreshment to the world. We, we are to overflow. That fruit is to overflow and be able to be tasted and seen by others. It should be palatable. That's how yes. fruitful we should be. Yeah. And I know that there have been seasons where I can say maybe some of the fruit was palatable. Maybe I produced some of it, mm -hmm. you know, um, but every day it's trusting in God to be that vine dresser that says, okay, Becky, you're not, you're not going to grow in that way. I'm going to have to move you over here or I'm going to have to take this and move this that way or this way. And it's uncomfortable sometimes because being pruned, as we said, whether it's our child or a plant or the father to us is never, you know, always comfortable. Yeah. But yes. when it works, when it's flowing right, when when you're planted like that, that plant I had to shovel up and move to the sunshine, mm -hmm. when it's all working and it's producing then we are in union and communion. Yeah. So we're in union with Christ and communion with God, the Father. And, and, and uh, as you mentioned, your plant, it might take time in our lives to to see. Oh, yeah. To see the, you know, like a, to, meet, to find ourselves through yes. Christ. But there are a lot of people that can help you. A Absolutely. lot of people. Yeah, Maybe I mean, we here in this podcast, we can, yes. you know, be the ignition Yes. To you, okay. I think let, let's try. Let's see how. Yeah. Grow. And and uh, and and that's the beauty of you know the life. You know, so a lot of people ask about you know well, what, what am I doing here? You know, and you know what's the purpose? But God has a plan for all of us. Every single one of us. Mm -hmm. And you know, I I didn't 
stop with just my children. I didn't stop just, okay, I'm going to disciple my children and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm involved. I volunteer in the community. I also record a podcast. Yes, I know. Because I want to be able to just teach and to, you know, if I've learned it, I want to share it. And not everybody has that desire to do that, but that's a, that's a fruit that I can produce. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I'm kind of off season right now for it. Mm -hmm. I've had two seasons of it and I'll get back to recording. Usually I do in January. Okay. Um, but I think that being able to encourage other believers to grow is really important. And I think there's always someone that's in a different stage than you are of growth. And there's always someone that's in a smaller stage of growth Mm -hmm. that you can encourage and comfort. And, and no matter where you are as a Christian, you can find someone to pour into and to share your nutrients. Yes. Yes. To make the, the small, there's like a little growth, little seed. Boom. Expand to the, yeah, the great big redwood. And, that, and that's the joy. Yeah. You know, not only you, but to see others, okay, yeah, I accept Christ. You know, right. you know. and, 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 and I tell you, you know, if you ask in Jesus' name, God will provide anything for you in that's your right. life. That's right. And I, I'm, I'm a witness of that. You know, I can, I can testify about that, you know. Um, so we, we just heard Rebecca testifying about her life, you know, uh, all the joy that she got from a Christ, uh, Christ follower and and that's our you know our goal here and we want you to taste the power of Jesus Christ in our lives and the great thing you know it's for free it is <laughs> it's free the whole thing if it's ever costs walk away <laughs> that's not the true gospel <laughs> exactly I agree with you oh my goodness great time with you thank Rebecca. you oh, man, bro. I love it appreciate I just it. love it I think it was really nice you know this talking I'm I mean I could spend three more hours talking. I know, couldn't we? There's so here. much to chew on this little bit. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to make sure we got the beginning and the end. And that's what we did today. We talked about, you know, this, the, the Trinity and their parts in it and our parts in it. And then the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that really, when we love each other, that's the symbol that we are reflecting him. That's the symbol that we're in him and he is in us. And the word remain, remain, remain. I mean, it was in there so many times, abide, remain, remain. And, and sometimes, you know, as my pastor says, you'll feel as spiritual as a doorknob. It's true. You might not feel spiritual. Remain, stay. I just love that word. It's spiritually one that just keeps me grounded is remain just remain in him because you're going to feel ups and downs. And, you know, the joy of the Lord that overflows is different than the trials and tribulations and ecstasies of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, those ups and downs, the joy of the Lord is so steady and it keeps you remaining. Yeah. Yeah. So I really appreciate you having me here. Oh, it's my Um, pleasure to have you here. Do you mind if I share how folks can follow me? Oh, go ahead, please. Right. So if you want, my podcast is called Graced for This and you can find it on any platform. Um, And then, of course, I'm on Facebook, Rebecca Bryce. And then um, I would say Becky Lee Bryce at gmail.com is a good email for me. If anyone has any questions, Becky Lee Bryce, B-R-Y-C-E at gmail.com. Yes. And your, um, 
your information is going to be in the podcast oh, description. Okay, yeah. So people, you know, if they didn't get it, <clears throat> they will see uh, the podcast name that you have and your contact information. Thank you. I appreciate awesome. it. Yes, yes, feel free to write for her. And uh, if you have questions and mm. suggestions, please, uh, you can do uh, this. And also, we will receive uh, our messages from our listeners and we can read if you want here. You share your joy, you share um, anything mm. that you have in your life and we're going to be here and pray for you if you need to. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, I mean, unfortunately, our time is up. Okay. And I would like first again, thank you so much, Rebecca, for this. Time You're welcome. We You're really welcome. appreciate. Um, and she brought a great, you know, an amazing message from the Holy Spirit into our lives. Thank mm. you. Um, so, and also we will help, also help our community with their events. We will keep you updated to what is happening and the places that you can share your faith and gifts mm. in the tri-state area. Mm. And remember, God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Amen. Thank you so much, and I will see you next week.